I pray I never see Michael's face outside of a dream. Silencio. Let's eat. I'm starving. What are you doing? We don't stop here. It's Mulholland Drive. Welcome to the Center Cut. I am Michael. You can call me Coco. Ooh. <laughs> we are here today to talk about Mulholland Drive. But more importantly, let's not bury the lead. We have Damn Fine TV podcast with us, Mel's and Jasmine. Please take a moment, introduce yourself, tell us about your show. We're happy to have you. Hello. Hello. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Mel's. And we're the hosts of the Damn Fine TV podcast. And what is that all about? Basically, we just watch TV and then we talk about it. There's really no overall structure. If we like it, if we're watching it, we're going to talk about it. Sometimes we, you know, take a deeper dive into a certain show. Like we did a pretty deep dive on season three of Twin Peaks. Right now, we're kind of doing a deep dive on Lovecraft Country. But yeah, basically, if, if we think it's good TV, we'll talk about it. Awesome. No, I am a listener of Damn Fine. Very awesome show. I started with the Twin Peaks coverage and it's great. I mean it and and this is why we chose Mulholland Drive. If you're not aware, it's David Lynch. He is a madman. The worst. <laughs> yeah, so Dave, question for you. You've never you've never seen Twin Peaks, right? No. So you are alone here. Yeah. We have all seen Twin Peaks and I think it's safe to say we're all big fans. Yeah. I think that's safe. Yep. Yeah. Are you fans of this movie though? Well, I'm a fan of it. I think I probably have a different interpretation, which we can get into later if we have time. But the first time I saw this film, I was really taken aback. I had never seen anything like this before. It was obviously way before Twin Peaks. And so when I got the interest in watching Twin Peaks, I knew that I would probably enjoy it because I did enjoy the Lynch film so much, especially Mulholland Drive. Yeah. And when we were covering Twin Peaks, Mel's, you had told me how similar you found season three of the show to this film. And I couldn't agree more. And I, I love this movie. Now, I don't watch a lot of movies, but this is one of my favorite movies now. So I don't know what that means to give with a grain of salt, maybe, but it's I fucking loved it. Can I curse? Yeah, go for it. <sighs> I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know how I feel. It, it's t I don't know. I don't have a fair stance. Dave, I'm, I'm imagining you hate it. I have. Yeah, I was not a fan. This uh, was just <laughs> too much going on and I didn't understand what was going on. And that just makes me angry. <laughs> I also didn't love the filmography of it. Some of the transition what? stuff like that. Yeah. Well, that's a problem because like he was literally nominated for awards. Yeah. Wasn't this when he was uh, uh, yeah, nominated for director, I think? Yeah. Yeah. Academy Award for director for this yeah. movie. Because he starts the, the shot out of focus and then focuses it slowly <laughs> over time. That's it. Yeah. That's all you have to do to get nominated <laughs> for an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Okay. Cool. Listen, I can't blame you guys for not knowing or maybe hating it after only seeing the first and last 15 because it's like almost nothing happens. And yeah. it's just bizarre. It's like a fever dream, especially those first 15. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Lynch, like it's always going to be he's very divisive in that he does art for art's sake. Twin Peaks, Firewalk With Me. 
Twin Peaks The Return. I loved all of that. But I fucking hated What Did Jack Do? I don't know if either of you saw that, that Netflix no. black and white no. bullshit with like a, a talking monkey. <laughs> like I like that he takes chances. I get that. But sometimes with those chances, you're going to have misses. And yeah, yeah. And this one was a miss is what you're saying? No, I, I don't know that this one is a miss. <laughs> there, there are parts of it that maybe it's just like, like, like the beginning. We'll talk about it. But the beginning shot where it's just like the shot of a pillow with heavy breathing. What the hell is that? No, what that's the that? se- that's the second shot after the pants off dance off scene. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. But we're already too far astray. Yeah. Let's just let's dive into it. I'll give a quick recap here and then we'll, we'll, we'll get into the actual recap of the movie. So Mulholland Drive came out in 2001 starring Naomi Watts. Laura Herring and my boy Justin Theroux. It was written and directed by David Lynch, like we talked about. It is oddball as all hell, mostly critically praised. Uh, as we talked about, Lynch was nominated for an Oscar for Best Director, you know, Golden Globes, Cons, various other awards. And some polls even listed it as one of the greatest films since 2000, uh, which is kind of wild based mm-hmm. on what we saw it was originally supposed to be a tv pilot but everybody passed so he threw it together as a standalone film which i guess kind of explains some of the just the sheer amount of weird stuff where maybe on a tv season you'd have more room to play with but i would have loved to see this as a tv show me too i would have been so into it you know as many times as i have watched it because i mean i watched it like probably three times in a row when it first when i first watched it. And then of course, I did a rewatch for this. And each time it just gets better for me. And the more I watch it, the more I'm like, man, this would have been a great TV series, I think. Hmm. Yeah. So it's it's very on brand for David Lynch. You know, you have the cliche characters, they lack depth, but they still work because they're purposeful cliches. You know, there's the off kilter repeated dialogue, the lingering shots that go on too long, which for me is one of the bad parts about Lynch. But it's just it's very David Lynch. And unless either of you have anything else to mention, I think we should get into the recap. Classic Lynch. It's just classic Lynch. Yeah, I love the way you describe his characters. It's so on point, at least for this film. Like, I I do think some Twin Peaks characters get a lot more depth, but they have a lot more time. So, yeah. But then there's the log lady. Sure, (laughs) sure. But she's got a log. I mean, it works. Oh, I love the log lady, but she is not a real character. No. She's just, mm-hmm. that's it. She's mm-hmm. the log lady. Yeah. If the aim is to get me to enjoy David Lynch things, then log lady definitely isn't helping. <laughs> but it's fine. I don't, but all right, Dave, let's do this. Mulholland Drive starts off with a bunch of people dancing in front of a purple background to swing music. This is the part that kind of reminded me a little bit of Pants Off, Dance Off, the whole dancing in front of a green screen. You can't see their feet, can't see the floor. It's just people in front of a green screen. Jitterbug. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Good job. <laughs> so <laughs> towards the end of it, we see an image of a girl standing with some old people just ever so slowly come into focus. Just took way too long for me. <laughs> Shortly after that, we see an empty bed that's shown to us with with a shaky camera. Looks like a guy went out on lunch and did a bunch of day drinking, came back to work <laughs> to finish the shot. After that, we finally see the street sign for Mulholland Drive. And we see many minutes of a limo driving what looks to be two miles an hour around (laughs) these streets at night. All the while, the cast and crew names are kind of appearing on screen. It's kind of still still part of the intro. As soon as the music started, 
I knew it was the same guy who did the music for Twin Peaks. Yeah. Uh, Angelo Badalamenti. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but yeah. it's just so synth heavy, like ominous, dark. It's like a 1990s point and click computer game soundtrack. Yeah. It's Twin Peaks music. Oh, it's big time Twin Peaks music. Yeah. And I, when I started watching it, I was like, all right, just do your best not to compare this to Twin Peaks. <laughs> like, let it be separate. And then that track hit. And I was like, okay, it's, yeah, it's Twin Peaks. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll do it. Music is one of those things that you don't yeah. really recognize until you hear it somewhere else. And it's like, oh, yep, that's it. Exactly. So at this point, we're five minutes into the movie and we saw some people dancing for a few minutes. We saw an empty <laughs> bed and a car driving around. Let's get the show on the road. So a woman is sitting in the back of the limo. Two men are in the front and the car stops. And one of the men turns around with a gun and tells the girl to get out of the car. And some kids look to be kind of drag racing or just racing fast through through the streets. And the car hits the front of the limo. Huge crash. I will say that the crash was well done. Once the smoke clears, it looks like pretty much everyone is dead except the girl that was in the back of the limo who kind of comes to, looks a little confused, sees that they're above the city and wanders into the woods towards the city. So the car that didn't crash out of the two is full of a bunch of assholes. Like, they didn't turn back and check no. on their friends. They didn't even stop. I guess they're dead. <laughs> no, nope, just gone. They turned around like two miles later and were like, where did they go? I don't know. <laughs> they were just here. <laughs> <laughs> also, the speed at which, so I'm assuming that David Lynch sped up this track because there's no way that people were driving this fast on that road with people like hanging out the the windows and shit like that for the actual <laughs> scene. But the, how fast they make it look like they're going comparative to the speed at which that limo was driving around the streets before is just a very stark contrast. Yeah. So we see a few shots of her just wandering through the woods towards the city. She finally makes it to the city. She seems to like not she's avoiding people, which is odd to me. I don't understand why someone who was just in an accident or or anything like that, even if you're confused or in shock or something like that, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to like interact with someone or talk to someone to try and figure out what the hell's going on. Instead, she's just kind of wandering around and avoiding people, eventually just decides she wants to take a nap in a bush. <laughs> and we we cut back to a few cops of the scene who are looking looking around trying to figure out what's going on. They've figured out that someone is missing based on the fact that they found a, a pearl earring and none of the victims who were there were wearing pearl earrings. Okay, a few cops. The detective on the left is Robert Forster. Yeah. He was yeah. the disappearer guy that works at the vacuum shop in Breaking Bad. And also, he was in Twin Peaks The Return. He was Harry's brother? Yeah. yeah Harry's brother. Put yeah. some respect on that name now. Yeah. Okay, but Forster, in the world man. of Mulholland Drive, there are just a few cops. Okay, fine. <laughs> mm, true. true. <laughs> <laughs> so our unknown woman wakes up in the bush, and it seems like the people who live in the house that own that bush are leaving for a trip of some kind. And as they're leaving, she sneaks into their house and then takes another nap underneath their kitchen table. So <laughs> it is clear to me that she either has some sleep problems or just really loves 
taking naps in weird places. <laughs> I think she's yeah. concussed. Like she definitely has a concussion from that accident. Yeah. But yeah. her behavior is extra strange though. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely some kind of shock or, or something like that. She's yeah. definitely confused and, and having some issues. But you're not supposed to sleep after a concussion. No, no that's very no. bad. Ugh. But chances are if you've gotten a concussion and you are wandering through woods and taking naps, you don't have the foresight to think, oh, people with concussions aren't supposed to sleep. Solid point. <laughs> Solid point. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, so there's this old lady leaving in a taxi and she has like a bunch of luggage. And it just got me thinking, Dave, you strike me as a man who has never smelled the inside of a taxi on a warm day. Never smelled the inside of a taxi. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever been in yeah. like a like a a true taxi. I knew I've done Ubers, I just, stuff like that. Just knowing you, I just knew you would never be in it. You're, you're, yeah. you're not poor enough to be in a taxi. Oh. What do you What do you mean no. I'm not poor enough I've to be in a taxi? I've been in so many taxis. What does that say about so me? So have I. So have I. We're poor. It's okay. I just don't go to places in which I would need a taxi. I live okay. in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire. What well, kind of taxi I mean. am I going to get up here? Well, I'm not talking about, like, obviously people in big cities go, use taxis all the time. Yes. But I mean, like, people that are in cities smaller than 30,000 people. If you're not poor enough, you just wouldn't have any reason to ever be in a taxi. This is another discussion. I didn't there. even take that as like a dig on Dave. I was like, wow, their relationship is so deep. They know so much about each other. Like, yeah. They've been in yeah. cabs on warm days. And this is See, I also know enough about Mike to know that he's probably slept in a taxi. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can't oh, say no. how. Anyway. Anyway. So now we're at Winkies, <laughs> which... Seems to be a diner of some kind. It is a Denny's knockoff. Essentially, (laughs) yeah. yeah. So there are two guys having lunch here, and one of them is Patrick Fischler. Now, I have some important things to talk about with Patrick Fischler. I don't know if you guys know this, but he was in 10 episodes of season five of Lost. (laughs) So this was, he was Phil, and even though he was a guest star, he appeared in in more episodes than Desmond and Daniel in season five, which is just unheard of because they're main characters. (laughs) Phil was also one of only eight recurring characters of which you never learn their last name. So the others, of course, being Omar, Bram, Zach, Emma, John, Jason, <laughs> Neil, Zoe. And uh, yeah, uh, of course, you you know this. And lastly, we do kind of know his last name compared to everybody else. He did sign the letter of truce, but he wrote his surname sloppily. So we only know that it's. It's short and it starts or ends with an A. So, I mean, that's everything we know about Phil, but I, I'm so excited when I see lost characters in, in movies and shows that I watch. I hate you. Clearly. Dave. Yeah. Very cool. Great info. I love it. Yes. I am warm and I am having warm. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. He's just, he's just warm. I, I, I have a feeling I know what the warmth is and we shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> I'm just dumb. I'm so thankful that you did research on my favorite show. Pick a. I looked at every. So if you guys don't know this about our show is that I've never seen Lost and Michael mm-hmm. talks about it all the goddamn time yes. and it drives me bananas. So I looked at every single character that we saw to see if any of them were in Lost and I found <laughs> Phil here at the very end of the list and I was very happy that I found somebody. Well, thank God for Phil. Just wait. See, again, this is so beautiful. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> so back at Winkies, Phil wanted to eat here because he keeps having a recurring nightmare about it. He explains to his friend that that is there with him that they're there having having a meal 
and they're both really scared. And one of them is standing by the cash register and he keeps on looking back at him and sees that he's there and scared in this dream. And then they see the reason that they are scared is because of some mean man. And as he's explaining this, his friend gets up to pay the bill and it starts to, from what I can tell, kind of look like the dream, like he experiences it and he starts to get a little stressed out about it. And then the the scene ends or the 15 minutes ends of where we cut off. So I don't want to spoil the end, but I, I think he's talking about the dark dude, like at the real end of the movie, right? Is that what you assume, Dave? The homeless man with the blue cube? Yeah. I don't know. I'd be pretty scared if I saw that guy too. Seeing as I've never been in a taxi. I guess I, <laughs> I guess I don't want to be spoiled yet. So I won't ask you, ladies, if that's true. But no, that's no what spoilings I yet. I just I really wanted to watch past the 15 minutes. I, it was hard for me not to see if he sees the guy. It was super hard. Like, that's a horrible spot to end. Mm. I laughed when we got to that part. Yeah, I don't know how you did it, because that is like one of the most intense scenes. And I think it's been named like one of the scariest scenes in cinema. Is the is the moment in the diner in Mulholland Drive? So I don't even know how you were able to stop at that. It really is like you on the surface, you wouldn't think it's like a scary, but there's so much tension just from a a conversation yeah. between two two guys. I think part of it is like the camera's so freaking shaky mm-hmm. when there's it's not just you have two guys, but it's yeah, it's literally like ooh, nope, that drunk guy. I, yeah, <laughs> there's so much tension. It is it is weird. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it could be scary, especially if there are additional scary parts that happen after where we cut off. But it's no Steve's innards getting ripped out and Drew Barrymore screaming at it. I think <laughs> true. Hey, all you out there, it's your good friend Jordan from the Wreck My Podcast. And we want all you listening to know that right now we are giving a special one-time offer. That's right, special one-time offer to you. Go to your favorite podcast app and just hit the subscribe button to start getting your free Wreck My Podcast episodes now. Now. That's right, I said free Wreck My Podcast episodes. Typically, this podcast is worth tens of hundreds of pennies. But you get it now for just one easy payment of free, free, free. Don't waste your time with pesky true crime or paranormal podcasts. We slap harder than slap bracelets and leave you with less rashes. Subscribe Subscribe now. now. So that's where our 15 minutes cut off. So, Mike, tell us about what happened in the last 15. I don't know who Mike is, but I will. The thing that you're talking into, I was talking to your mic because I wanted to record the words that come out of your mouth. Michael, now go. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. So the last 15 minutes of this movie, blonde Naomi Watts is on the phone. And my guess is that the other person on the phone is the brunette from the beginning. I could be completely wrong there. We don't obviously know who it is on the other side. And there is a car outside, which is set to bring her to 69, nice, 80, Mulholland Drive. (laughs) I knew you. I knew you were going to do that. I saw it a mile away. This next part is trippy. So it's a near shot for shot retread of the beginning car scene, but there are some differences. So it's the same car, same license plate. But this time, which, which actually thinking about that now, that doesn't make sense because we saw the limo get. Destroyed. Yeah. I it, even, I, so so you right said now. it is shot for shot or or looks to be shot for shot. I'm pretty sure that was shot for shot. Like he took the same footage and used it again later in the movie. Yeah. So now the girl in the back is blonde and the camera's also pulled back slightly. 
Like you see more of the backseat of the car than you did in the first section. I don't know if that means anything. That's the thing with David Lynch. You never know if something is important or it's just like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But the dialogue even starts like exactly the same. What are you doing? We don't stop here. Literally word for word, the same thing that the brunette said. But here's where it really changes. So now when the driver turns back, he does not have a gun. And he says that there is a surprise. That surprise is also a surprise for us as the audience, because we're just (laughs) expecting it to continue to be the same. (laughs) Now, the passenger dude opens up his door and the brunette from the beginning comes waltzing down out of the woods with a red scarfy thing around her neck that makes it look like her throat was slit. I don't know if that was on purpose or it was just like a weird fashion choice can i can i say that i don't know if that's the same person oh it's not the same person i don't know that i'm willing to nail down the it's fact the same that actress the same isn't person. it i don't it's know it's not the same actress i think what? it's going to be a spoiler if we ask so we're going to wait <laughs> you're telling you don't think that's the same actress as as laura herring in the beginning putting together some of the questions that the lady sent over to us here i am hesitant to think that because there are some other names thrown around that i don't I think I think those are two different people. I'm open to it being a different person, but I'm asking you if you think it's the same actress. I do not. Really? I think they look very similar, but I don't think that's the same actress. I want to find out later, but okay. I think I'm right. Anyway, All right. regardless, they hold hands and walk up the jungly incline until they reach a swanky party at a house overlooking the city. Now, my boy, a young Justin Thoreau <laughs> with weird ass glasses is there. I hate those glasses. <laughs> oh, they're awful. They so are. Bad. They're terrible. They're so bad. I don't know if that was a style in 2001 or yeah. something, but ugh, it is not a good look. It shouldn't have been a style. Uh, if yeah, it was. that's for sure. <laughs> the, he welcomes the blonde as Diane. And they all say, here's to love and cheers with champagne. Justin introduces Diane Selwyn to his mother, Coco. Coco wants to eat, and Diane apologizes for being late. Now, before we get too far into this party dinner scene, is this supposed to be like a larger like metaphor in this, or like an allegory? And my take on it is the party is supposed to be like death. Hmm, I like that, Dave. Like she's dead now. Yes, and she's sorry for being late. She is saying or thinking that she was supposed to be should have killed herself sooner. Yeah. Hmm. Yikes. Interesting. It just has a weird it just has a weird vibe to it, but it does. It definitely has a weird vibe. Yeah. yeah. Especially those really great shots of the unfocused and then and then slowly focusing <laughs> in with a drum roll to to get you really excited for it. Super blurry screen to start the party and uh-huh. we have our last supper here. So we learn a couple things. Diane is from Canada and she won a jitterbug contest. And Jasmine is is doing. She's raising the roof because because of Canada. That's what we do up here, eh? (laughs) (laughs) So is that jitterbug contest? I'm that has to be a reference to the beginning, right? I would say so. Yeah, I'm I'm confident it was because at the when they're they're doing another blurry fade in to the girl with two old people. It looks like that is Diane and whoever these old people are that are with her grandparents parents aunt and uncle two old people i don't know it feels like that was like her claiming her victory uh so that scene i felt like made a little bit more sense when she mentioned that she had won a jitterbug event to start her love of acting yeah yeah and like the way everything fades in and the jitteriness of the camera feels very similar from that opening scene to where they go in for the dinner party agree definitely yeah 
So we get a close-up of Coco running her fingers through a bowl of pecans. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> so this gross. movie is ridiculous. Hey, you be nice to Ann Miller. If you think Justin is hot, you should look at pictures of Ann Miller from like the 40s. Oh, I thought you were going to say she was on Lost as well. I was getting ready no. for a whole other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. No, she was uh, She was in a bunch of movies uh, in the 40s and 50s. She's a pretty famous tap dancer. and She's pretty talented. Hmm. Okay. See, I, don't, Boom. I know I things about people too. So uh-huh. this is a side question. <laughs> Shut up, Dave. Uh, <laughs> Jasmine, yeah. in Canada... Do you pronounce it pecans or pecan? Ooh, I say pecan, but I know people who say pecan, so I don't know. It might be a regional thing. It's a pecan all day long for me. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Dave, pecan. I don't care. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That doesn't matter, but anyway. Well, how, wait, how about you? Pecan. Okay. Well, I guess I'm fancy. Pecan. You are fancy. Yes, it does. <laughs> we find out that the brunette is Camilla. Diane's dead aunt was rich and left her money. Now, we find out that Camilla and Diane met working on the Sylvia North story, whatever that is. And sounds like a soap opera or made for VHS movie or something. <laughs> Straight to Hallmark Channel. I was going to say Hallmark. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's that my wife has seen it six times. <laughs> <laughs> so the entire conversation is super awkward and unnerving and it's just yeah right on par for the rest of the whole entire movie <laughs> yeah but this one in particular it's just so david lynch though it's just like because every time someone says something like coco or diane the other person just like you see their facial r- responses for like 15 seconds and it just makes you feel uncomfortable yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean i think that's what he's going for so it is but it's just so weird it's just it's different so the screen gets blurry again, and Diane drinks some damn fine coffee out of a mug that reads right. SOS. <laughs> Lynch loves his coffee. And some creepy guy at another table stares down Diane, who at this point seems increasingly uncomfortable. Off her rocker at this point. She's having a hard time just existing. Mm-hmm. And a blonde woman comes up, whispers in Camilla's ear, and then they passionately kiss as Diane watches. What is going on? So I would I would note so that and Justin announcing that they're getting married, it seems like maybe. And also the excitement from when they were holding hands makes me feel like Diane has some kind of elevated relationship with Camilla. And whenever she sees her kind of giving affection to anyone else, which it seems like she's pretty open about doing, it is frustrating for her. Okay. I I didn't think of it that way, but I guess that makes sense. I was mostly just paying attention to the cowboy randomly walking by in the background. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> but as you said, uh, Justin and Camilla are about to say, I, th- I think they're getting married. We don't actually know. Right before he finishes his statement, Diane starts to cry. And then we're back at Winkies. Just back at Winkies. And a waitress dropping a tub of dishes is what seemingly pulled us out of that party sequence. So wild. Now, Naomi is at the table. That is Naomi Watts, right? I'm I'm not mistaking an actress again. But she looks completely different. Like, she is frumpier. And she's sitting with a younger Jacob from Lost. He's also Miles' dad in 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> I didn't keep researching. What was I thinking? Always be Jacob to me. And a waitress named Betty apologizes. Yeah. Large focused on Betty. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it definitely... It, zooms in on her little name tag placard so it's important that she's betty i don't know how 
Now, Jacob from Lost is a hitman, and Naomi is paying him to kill Camilla, apparently, which is a whole other twist. And he shows her a blue key, and then Phil from Lost is standing at the cash register. Mm-hmm. It's a reunion. <laughs> what What yeah. is going on? I don't understand any of it. And Jacob laughs when she asks about what the key goes to. For a very long time. He yeah. thought it was very funny. <laughs> that laugh is so infuriating to me. I mean, even having seen the whole film, I'm just like, you son of a bitch, just answer her, (laughs) like, say something. Yeah, and he laughs for a whole 20 seconds while the scene slowly (laughs) transitions to the next scene, and it's just uncomfortable. (laughs) If we had seen the rest of the movie, would we know what that key is for? Um, You might know, like, what an an echo of what that key might be for. Ooh, okay. That sounds very mysterious. Yeah. 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 You know what, what it does, but you don't know what it does oh, at the same it's time. One of those. Yeah. Like a bidet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love a bidet. <laughs> Mel's you do my love a favorite bidet. thing. Oh my gosh. Uh, I I've never so tried it one. It is like a bidet in many ways. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Good to know. So we now are transported into a back alley with a blinking red light and some smoke. And a dark-ass dude who sort of looks like the God of Light guy from the Twin Peaks The Return. Yeah, for sure. And he's chilling by a shopping cart with a blue box in his hand. Mm -hmm. He puts the blue box in a paper bag, and he drops it on the ground. And also, unless it's a different bag, it also has like a beer can tab and what looks like hunks of meat. The lighting is so bad that it's hard to tell what the hell it actually is. But... After a few seconds, two miniature old people come out of the bag. Like, what? Yeah. What am I watching? I was excited for you to watch these borrower-style little people running out of the bag and listening to you try and explain it. So that was, that was pretty great. What is wrong with David Lynch? Like, what is this? Now, you you see, you're starting to arrive at my conclusion of this movie is just batshit crazy. <laughs> no, this is one of my favorite parts. I love this. Fucking bonkers. Oh, my God. It's amazing. So we wouldn't have understood this anymore if we'd watched the full thing. Mm, I don't think Not so. necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Great. So now we're in a house. Naomi has the blue key, which presumably means Camilla's dead, were to assume, based on what Jacob from Lost, the hitman, said. She's visibly shaken. She hears a knock at the door, and we see the many elderly people crawl under the door. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the end of this movie is fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Ant-Man has really gone downhill. <laughs> <laughs> Ant-Grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... This was the inspiration for Ant-Man. I <laughs> the knocking continues. Naomi gets up and now the elderly couple is full grown coming at her and she screams bloody murder and retreats until she makes it to her bed. She pulls out her gun and shoots herself in the head in a puff of smoke. What the fuck? Yeah. So here's something that I will agree with is that. If someone had broken into my house and it was like a guy who was looking to steal things or or he wanted to touch me inappropriately, that would make sense to me for a lot of different reasons. You'd expect but, a guy to break into your house to touch you sexually? What are you talking yeah, about? I mean, obvi- obviously. <laughs> I, do you not expect that? Who doesn't? What kind of low self-esteem do you have if you don't expect that that's going to happen at least once in your life? I can't like this would scare the shit out of me if I turned around and there was just a couple of old people running through my house at me. That would scare me more than like just a middle aged man, especially if they were once very tiny. Yes. Yes. 
Especially if I had knowledge of the fact that they used to be tiny. Yes, you're, you're absolutely correct. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Now, all of this happens with a blinking blue light. And then we go to the dark hobo again. And then we have shots of translucent Diane. And I think also Camilla that it's not clear. And that both of those play over the city skyline. Then it fades to blue. And we're in front of a red curtain. Twin Peaks all over again. Of course. And a mannish woman with blue hair says, Silencio. And then it fades out to black. <laughs> what a great ending. <laughs> I feel like all the storylines were resolved. <laughs> if that sounds like the wackiest ending we've ever covered, you would be absolutely correct. Yeah. Yeah. This one was the most off the rails. I would agree with that. Do you want to travel back in time to the good old days of Danimals and Dunkaroos? Where you'd rush home to watch the latest episode of Spongebob? TBTV, Throwback Television. A podcast where best friends Alana and Kimberly take your favorite early aughts tween sitcoms and we watch them back as grown-ass adults to see how they hold up. We're talking Disney Channel, we're talking Nickelodeon, we're talking Cartoon Network. From Hannah Montana to Johnny Bravo, nothing is safe. Just search for TBTV, Throwback Television. Available now wherever you listen to your podcasts. There's a lot to unpack. So before we get into the questions, I just want to try to tie up a couple of loose ends from the end here. So the first thing I want to touch on is the last part where Diane shoots herself. Now, maybe I'm severely overthinking it, but is this all just like a metaphor for the career of a Hollywood actress? Like she saw old age coming at her, coming for her. And... You know, unless you're young, attractive looking, that's the end of your career. So instead of letting that happen, getting spat back out because she's no longer hot, coming to grips with that, she just killed herself as dark as that is. Is that like a ridiculous interpretation of that? Or I would I would agree with that if it was a crew of little blonde old ladies. But I recognize these two old people from the picture of her during her jitterbug win or so we think in the beginning. So these are people she knows, I think. Okay. As far as I can tell. So I think there's more sinister something in there. Okay. So I'm overthinking it, but maybe not. I'm making up stuff. That's fair. I I actually really like that take. Thank you. I don't think you should. Yeah, you should roll with it. But are you saying bit. that based on knowledge I could have had from the middle or are you you just like that? All of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's got some ulterior <laughs> motives. I could see it. <laughs> You're trying to set us up to fail in later questions, aren't you? Yep. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. I would never do that. All right. She's definitely so, doing it. If she yeah. said she's not doing it, she's definitely doing it. <laughs> so I think we can all agree that the box she opened after having Camilla killed was that's just like the darkness within her right like like telltale heart type thing you know once you do something bad you just have that the the heart beating under the floor that it's just this constant right. nagging that you did something horrible is that that's what that box is a metaphor for the box what do you yeah, mean the like the, the blue box yeah the blue box but then why does she not have it why does this homeless homeless well, you I'm, know dirty jack sparrow have it well i'm assuming that's what the blue key <laughs> opens is the blue box. Oh, see, that's an interesting assumption. And that black hobo man is the darkness inside her. I don't know. I think you're mixing metaphors here, bud. <laughs> I probably am. I've already, yeah, I've, all of my things don't connect so far, but no. 
Um, that's the thing about David Lynch. It probably doesn't connect is what you're saying. Yeah. Or it might connect in the most spectacular way. Yeah. You just never know. Dave, I think you need to watch Twin Peaks. I know you won't, but I think you should. I think you have a better chance of convincing me to watch that than Lost. Really? Is that just because you hate me? (gasps) Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly. The last thing I want to say before we dive into the questions, unless Dave, you have anything else, that old couple coming out of the box like their weird ghost miniatures super reminded me of Josie turning into the doorknob from in Twin Peaks season one or was that season, oh, yeah. no, season two season two regardless yeah. I had that same feel to me like this weird thing yeah Dave you're like hold on fuck? so <laughs> so log so there's a log lady yes and a, someone turned into a doorknob yes there's a log lady and a knob lady oh yeah. <laughs> Unrelated. Knob lady. Yep. Makes sense. <laughs> Listen, wood is really central to Twin Peaks. Like, yes. all different kinds of wood. So, <laughs> that explains <laughs> all that, different ex- that explains why Michael liked yeah. it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mostly yeah. Sure. my pants when I see Coop. Uh, there's a lot of wood there. Oh, yeah. All right. We're same. <laughs> hard in the anyway, Jeez yeah. Louise. So, anything else that we need to cover before these ladies graciously ask us some amazing questions that we're going to botch? So I think it's important for you and I to come to the conclusion of whether or not that woman from the beginning is the same person as Camilla. I don't think we're going to come to a conclusion because we disagree. Uh, I, I'm willing. I, I think. Okay, fine. You know, I'll grant the you the anymore. fact that they might be different people in the movie. They might be different characters. I just think they're the same actress. Well, now that we're we're done the recaps, can you tell us that without answering the questions that you've asked us? Can you at least tell us if it's the same actress? Yeah, I think so. It's the same actress. Okay, thank it you. It is. Wait, yeah. I'm so confused now. I'm very <laughs> confused. Okay, then fine. She she looks better at the end of the film. Yes, that's true. Agreed. Yeah. I don't know if she just has different makeup. They've done her hair differently, but she definitely looks, I don't know, just better. Which is a reverse of Naomi Watts, who looks better in the limo than at, mm. at Winkies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, right, I'm then. off to a great start. I'm riding high. Good job. <laughs> I can't wait to beat you, Dave. Mm-hmm. So, Damn Fine TV, Jasmine and Mel's, they created some excellent questions for us that make so little sense. And Very little. We're going to answer them, though, and we're going to we're gonna do well here, I think. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. So Dave, ready. are you ready? All right. Yeah. Let's do All right. it. May the best man win. Here we go. So, which character has amnesia? I mean, I'm going to have to assume that it's Camilla from, from the, the beginning because she was wandering around very confused and took many naps. <laughs> she did take many naps. I I mean, I think that's the easiest answer on the surface, but non-restaurant Diane, like the, the in the limo Diane, she also seems constantly confused. So either A, you're trying to trick us and it's both, or B, they're the same person. Everyone in this movie has amnesia. <laughs> you have amnesia. <laughs> oh, oh. You have amnesia. No, you all have amnesia. All right. So it is Laura Herring's character who was in the car crash. She is the one with amnesia. Okay. So I think. Boom. Hmm, one that, for David. Well, I, but I agreed with you. I think that's. I said I, that could be it. That's it on the surface. Okay. Yeah, anyway, but whatever, whatever, but whatever, whatever. But then you whatever. said. Fine, fine, fine. Have your, point. have your point. <laughs> have your point. Have your point. I'll still win. And I'm keeping score this time. All right. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Next up. How does Dan, the man who described his nightmare at Winkies, die? 
He was impaled by a big metal pole due to magnets at the Swan Station in season five of Lost. No, he <laughs> definitely died of a heart attack due to clogged veins from too much Winkies. Okay, no. Serious answer this time. Third time's a charm. I doubt it. The black guy in the alley. And I'm I'm not like I like the, the gloomy hobo <laughs> you keep, guy. You keep calling him the black guy. That's really <laughs> well, not the route we want to go. I don't think that's good for our show in general if we keep on calling him the black guy and make him the villain. Can we no, not? the gloom the gloomy hobo the guy. Hobo. Yes. Gloomy the, hobo. The gutter light guy. He killed him with his scariness. So I think that he was killed by the hitman before Diane hired the hitman and he is the guy with the the scary face. So I guess maybe shot or stabbed by the hitman. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You think not only was he killed by the hitman, he's also, he is the scary guy in the alley? No, no. I'm saying that the hitman was the scary guy in the alley and he killed. <laughs> no possible way. Phil. Phil. His name is Phil. That can't possibly be right. You don't. You. It's not possible that a hitman killed a man. Okay. No, Hang it's on. not possible that the hitman is the guy in the alley. Why not? No, no. I'm not saying that the hitman <laughs> is the is a gloomy hobo or black guys. You've so graciously named him. I don't think that that hitman is that guy. I am saying that he got killed by the hitman. Not by the gloomy, creepy guy okay. in the alley. Gotcha. It's just in his story, he says gotcha. that they saw a guy out back. I'm saying that gotcha. the guy out back was the hitman. Okay, I get the it. Who killed him. Okay, that's possible, but I don't think you're right. Okay, well, after all that, Michael, you are correct. Yes! He, it's, it's the guy. It's Okay, so actually, that's a woman that plays that what? role. Yeah, yes. like the, the woman behind the dumpster. Yeah. Uh, and this is like the monster from his nightmare. So when you see him get up from that table, he's going outside to behind the Winkies, and then that's what they see. And I assume that he dies. Mel's, do you think he dies? Like, I I'm think he has a heart attack. Sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So, wow. yeah. So that's uh, the his nightmare becomes a reality, basically. All right. Point for me, Dave. Make sure you keep track. I'm only keeping track of my points. <laughs> All right. So how did Naomi Watts and Laura Herring's characters actually meet? I think that when... Naomi, or I'm sorry, Laura, Camilla, was wandering around super confused. The first person that she came across was Naomi Watts, and Naomi Watts was trying to help her figure out who she is because she had amnesia. Okay. Coco did make a weird face when Diane said that they met on the TV show, like straight to DVD or VHS type thing. <laughs> I could see that not being a true statement. Now, my guess would be Club Silencio, which I only know about from another question. Okay. Well, after the car accident, Herring sneaks into an apartment whose owner is leaving for vacation. Watts happens to be staying at this apartment and later that day finds Herring in the shower. <sighs> at this time, now at this time, they're going by the names Rita which is Herring, and Betty, which is Watts. Oh, see, okay. This is why I thought they were two people. Because <laughs> they enough. referenced yeah. Rita so many times in here that I thought that Rita from Rita was the person in the beginning, which turns out she was. But it, it is Laura Herring. Yes. Okay. Uh, that's weird. But I guess, Dave, you get a point there. Boom. <laughs> okay. 
A strange business deal is made between a director, Adam, played by Justin Theroux, his agent, some Hollywood suits, and possibly the mob. What drink has to be made perfectly for the deal to go smoothly? Dave, what's that horrible drink that you made me drink that time for our Leprechaun in Space episode? It's not horrible at all. It's the best drink in existence, and it's called a Negroni. Okay, not that. So my favorite <laughs> drink is a Dirty Mermaid. No. Um, that sounds it's a right. It's a Naked Mermaid. No, you it's a... You, naked but mermaid. you like it dirty? It's a Tipsy Mermaid is what it's called. So it's... It's super girly, obviously, as you can guess from the name. The <laughs> girlier the drink, the more that I like it is the general <laughs> rule of thumb. It just it has to have sugar in it. It's green and delicious. And that's what I think it was. It was a tipsy mermaid. So I think it's a black Russian. I don't know if you've ever heard of a black Russian, but it's a white Russian without the milk. So it's just vodka and Kahlua. Ooh. Okay. Hmm. Okay. We're probably both wrong. Yeah, it's probably like a Manhattan. You are both wrong. Yeah, you're both definitely wrong, although I like the drink recommendations. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, but it's just an espresso. Oh. All that has to be made correctly is an espresso, but it does not get made very well. And this guy just like spits it out all over his chin. <laughs> it is disgusting, but also hilarious. Oh, hi. Yeah. And actually, so this guy that like he spits out the espresso is played by Angelo Badalamenti, oh. the film composer. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting mm-hmm. twist. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to watch this movie just for that scene because that sounds like something Lynch would do. Just just the coffee just spilling over his face for like what reason? Okay, for cool. And you know minutes. it lingers there yeah. for a bit. <laughs> yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Perfect. No points. It's another sweeping scene. Oh, God. <laughs> so what decision does the espresso mob force Adam to make in regards to the film he's currently casting for? Camilla needs to be the lead. I was actually kind of on that same train of thought. I think that they're making him choose blonde or brunette and as the leading lady, and he chooses the brunette, Camilla. And I think maybe that's why Diane wants her killed, because she's getting the spot that she wants. Okay. Well, he does have to hire a specific actress for the lead role. Okay. But they only refer to her as the girl. Okay. Just the girl. Oh, we never see your picture. Yeah. You're kind of right. But is it implied that it's one of those two or not at all? Well, okay. Sorry to spoil you if this does, but I mean, her name is Camilla, but it's not the Camilla we know. Right. Wait, what? who's named Camilla? The girl? That- the girl. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is also why I was confused. <laughs> There's a different Camilla? Yes. I oh, just yes. looking Lord. through the cast list to find your stupid lost reference. And I saw the Camilla and I thought it was a different actress than Laura Herring because she's only listed as Rita. Google has and, and Wikipedia have betrayed me in a very serious way. All right. This is getting more confusing. Oh, yeah. There's way too much going on now. I'm lost. <laughs> okay. Who seems to be running Hollywood from behind closed doors? Um, I would say the mob or Coco with her pecan fingers. So because I saw the cast list, I'm going to say Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, I love that answer. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, you're both wrong. Damn it. it is Mr. Rock, played by Michael J. Anderson, who also plays the man from another place in Twin Peaks. That, that's the little guy. Yeah. And in this movie, they have him in like these massive prosthetics. So like his legs and arms look so large and he's sitting on this like throne like wheelchair and he basically says one word at a time but he is calling all the shots so it's amazing he has big arms and legs what about like the rest of his body and his head 
No, so his head Tiny is so head. little. Tiny head. <laughs> it's incredible. If I remember from uh, the cast list correctly, is that the guy with the really weird shaped head too? Yeah. Kind of looks like a yeah. rock a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Like lumpy. Like okay. one of those Pippin yeah. Stones rocks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Wouldn't have guessed that. No points. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is Gene Clean? A cleaning company run by a, na- a man named Gene. Yeah, I like the gene clean. It sounds like like a slap chop. Like, do you remember that? You're gonna love my nuts. You remember that guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Gene Clean is the head of the mob. Well, it's a pool cleaning company. Mm. However, Gene is in charge, and he is sleeping with Adam's wife, which is Justin Theroux. Oh. Yeah, Adam walks in on them, and he gets beat up by Gene. Now, I will give you a bonus question: Who do you think? Plays Gene. I know the answer to that one. I was going to say, I'm assuming it's Billy Ray Cyrus. It is Billy Ray Cyrus. That's just out of control that Billy Ray Cyrus is in this movie. That's so (laughs) ridiculous. And they gave him only the best lines, just so you know. But I don't understand how you have Justin Thoreau coming home to you, but then you choose yeah. Billy Ray Cyrus. Which, like, what? What is? I think it's the barbed wire tattoo around the bicep. It's got to be that. <laughs> or that silky smooth voice. Or the mullet. And or the, the mullet. The mullet does it for yeah. some women, Michael. You should yeah. know. I what? I am mad that we didn't get that answer. We we could have we knew about a pool guy, so I feel like we could have got I that. I said a cleaning company owned by a guy named Gene. Yeah. Yeah, but and this is a pool cleaning mm-hmm. company owned mm-hmm. by a guy named Gene. I think he gets the All point. right, fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. How does Adam get revenge on his cheating wife? He hooks up with Camilla, who is the dark-haired Diane, and he throws a big dinner party that his wife is not invited to. I'm going to say that there's nothing worse than not getting invited to a dinner party. (laughs) I'm going to say that he gets her blacklisted from Hollywood. I think that she was also in in the Hollywood business. Man, both of those answers are so much better than what happens. Okay, so he pours a can of pink paint all over her most expensive jewelry. And it has literally nothing to do with the plot, but I thought it was so inventive and just more bizarre (laughs) shit. Paint also just comes right off of metal. Right? Like, he really massages it in really good, too. Mm. Like, he just leaves no no jewel unturned. That's just a, a good sonic clean and that'll be gone. Yeah. What a terrible He's like, way of doing pool, that. pool cleaning guy. Look at this. Look what I can do. Yeah, I was going to say the pool cleaning guy probably has all the chemicals in his van to clean it right off. That's true. Stupid. That's why she chose Dipped on jewelry in a bucket of chlorine. <laughs> <laughs> what do Rita and Betty find at Diane Selwyn's apartment? Who the hell are Rita and Betty? That's the, that's the first okay, question. Hold on. They told us who Rita is. Rita is the fake version of Camilla. Maybe, yeah. but there's multiple Camillas, so maybe there's multiple Ritas. Maybe R- Rita's the old bitch from the beginning that's leaving in a taxi. Nah, we don't know. Rita, Rita is caring. Okay, and Betty is the waitress. And Betty is Watts. <laughs> what? I thought Diane this, is Watts. In this, no, in this instance. So, okay. Let's go with us on this. So, so hold on. So Camilla and Diane are looking through Diane's things. Well, Camilla and Betty but the, are looking are in Diane and Betty. Oh, or, excuse me, Rita and Betty. <laughs> now I'm confused. Oh boy, what I'm the confused. Hell? <sighs> so Betty, who is also Diane, and Rita, who is also Camilla, they yeah. find that tropey wall with pictures, like with the string wrapped around the pins on all the photos. Like I hate that shit. Nobody <laughs> really does that. 
but yeah, that's what that's what they found in the house. I have one of those to connect all your just, lost. Um, I was gonna say all my faces, all, all lost characters. Perfect. <laughs> I like it. No. So I think they find a Camilla shrine. Ooh, very good. Well, I love the answers. However, it is a very dead and decomposing Diane Selwyn. Oh. Wait. And this causes Rita to fear for her life. She gets very scared at this. <sighs> okay. The timelines are getting very jumbled in my mind now. Hey, I think they were Welcome jumbled from the, the start. <laughs> yeah, but it's getting even harder. Like the more info I know, I find out the less I know. Yeah. So Well, imagine trying to craft these questions yeah. and like playing around stuff so that you don't know too much, but also like I have to let you in on some shit yeah. because otherwise you're gonna have no fucking clue. But yeah. we still had no fucking yeah. clue. But they were very masterly <laughs> yeah. written. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really confused. So Betty and Diane, as much as they are the same actress, are not the same person. Think about it this way. There are multiple characters with the same name what <laughs> there are yeah and and some actors play multiple characters that right. are are echoes of one another very twin peaks yeah very twin peaks. i hate david lynch so much <laughs> <laughs> okay moving on Ugh. okay how does the hitman character royally but hilariously fuck up while tracking down leads on a hit? I think that he uh, get got pretty confused and thought that the party that he was going to kill Camilla at was was a costume party. <laughs> I think this coupled with the fact that they found a decomposing Diane, that tells me that the scene at the end is a flashback and not like present time in terms of the timeline. Or are we talking about a different hit, like different than the Camilla hit? So I'm going to say that he he puffs out his chest and he rips his leather jacket. No. So this is going to sound ridiculous, but like it's David Lynch. So like literally any ridiculous thing could happen and it's believable. Like he could slip on a banana peel and turns his brother into a smoke monster. Yeah, I, I think he slips on a banana peel and turns his brother who plays Bosch into a smoke monster. <laughs> I just remixed a okay. bunch of shows. And that's what I happens. feel like the only thing this guy doesn't do is slip on a banana peel, but that should have been the next thing that happened. So he he's like trying to track down this little black book that he like needs because it has important information or something. He kills a guy who is in possession of it to get it. As he's trying to you know wipe his prints from the gun to frame it as a suicide, the gun goes off. He shoots somebody in the next room over. So he's got to go over there and kill that woman to take care of that. But as he's doing that, it's so loud that he attracts the attention of a janitor who he then also has to kill. And then for some reason, he shoots the vacuum cleaner that the janitor had, which starts a fire and sets off a whole bunch of alarms. It's so fucking ridiculous. I love it so much. And yeah, I just wish he had he like exits through a window and I wish he had slipped on a banana peel at that point. Mm. That yeah. would have just been chef's kiss. But it wouldn't have been out of wow. place, right? No, absolutely no. not. That, no. That's one of my favorite parts about Lynch is that like he does inject comedy into mm. his media, but it's like it's misplaced comedy. Like it doesn't fit yeah. like the rest of what's going on, which makes it that much better. Yeah, I yeah, agree. For sure. Anyway, we're doing bad, Dave. Right. We're doing very bad. <laughs> I mean, we knew we were going to do bad. I know. I'm starting to feel bad, though. I think I got the next one unlocked. You boys got this one. Now, when looking for clues about Rita's identity in her purse, only two items are found. What are they? A JCPenney credit card and a gun. 
Um, <laughs> no, a pocket knife and a receipt for pantyhose and mints from Kmart. Very specific. <laughs> Lipstick and a vibrator. All right. That's correct. Uh, right? Both, I got it. I'm going to mark wrong. the point right now. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure that's right. It's $50,000 in cash and then a strange blue key. They find this in Rita's purse? Yes. Okay. Who is the same actress who plays Camilla. <laughs> and then that yes. key gets to the hitman. Yes. And okay. we're talking about end of movie Florida. Camilla, not the other Camilla that we now know exists but never saw. Right. Okay. Yeah. Make All makes perfect sense. <laughs> oh. You're doing great. You're, yeah. you're piecing you all it. this together. Yeah. I mean... By the end, we'll just be able to unmask Camilla, and it's going to be like a <laughs> like Scooby like Doo. Scooby-Doo, yeah. Okay, Betty makes a series of phone calls to help Rita find her true identity. Who does she think it's most strange to be calling? Winkies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're doing takeout because of COVID. No, so so Rita is Camilla we've already established not so, is Camilla but well, played by the same actress who plays Camilla bingo so maybe but maybe Betty are Betty and Rita the same person I know they're played by different actresses but maybe they're just the same person you don't know why are you shaking your head you don't know no it's you not don't know anything. It, it can't be like the like the friggin end of fight club I you no. don't know so maybe this movie that they're that they were in or that they're trying to be in is or or maybe yeah may- <laughs> i love how much you're struggling <laughs> maybe Great. we're watching a movie like it's a meta thing like <laughs> we did watch a movie yeah. no <laughs> no like the movie Whoa. like we're watching a movie within a movie like the dinner scene is a movie that they're watching within this movie that we're watching wow. so like that whole thread is a movie and then like the frumpy looking diane and rita they're acting in that movie. No, so we're seeing scenes. You're too deep. You're we're too seeing deep scenes in. from the movie that they're acting in. That's how it makes sense that they're two different names, even though they're the same actress. Guys, if we don't stop them, we're never going to be able to get them out. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think we need to rescue him from this hole that he's falling down. <laughs> this is like Inception. If you stay in there too long, you get stuck in there forever. So I think that she, her, she's, she finds it strange to be calling Camilla. Oh. Okay, that's... Good answers, guys, but unfortunately, no. Um, <laughs> Betty says it's strange to be calling yourself. That's what I said. No. Yeah, but she is saying, okay, it. Diane. You're half right. Can you have a half? Yes, point? I can. So it's three and a half to okay, one, Dave. I'm catching point. up on you. Hold on. It's three and a half to one? No, no, sorry. Three to one and a half. All right. What's the. So what's. So it's just that she's. A, she finds it strange yeah, to call so herself. They're, they're calling Diane. Which is sort of maybe some foreshadowing for what's to come later in the movie. They're calling Diane to find out Rita's identity? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they followed like a bunch of clues. And I think that at some point Rita sees the name Diane. Maybe on a Winky's waitress uh, name tag. And so that triggers her memory. They find this Diane Selwyn person. They're going to call her. It's Betty calling though. Like it's Naomi Watts calling and saying it's strange to be calling yourself. So oh. yes, they're kind of talking about Camilla. So but... she's not calling she's not calling Camilla, she's calling Diane. Yeah. So so Rita isn't the one calling herself. Betty is the one calling right. herself. Right. I don't think of. you should get a half point for that. You can <laughs> she keep says it if you herself want. in like third person. So they're all the same person. Yeah. I think all four <laughs> of them are the same person. Yep. 
All right. What is the gimmick at Club Silencio? There are creepy ladies in blue wigs that only whisper. <laughs> I think there's no talking. It's like a silent disco. No. Everything is pre-recorded there. <laughs> what okay? do you mean? Like there's so no the live band, music? No. The band, the singers, the MC's words are all on tape and they're mouthing this in the club. So the sound is all an illusion. Okay. So it's like a Millie Vanilli concert. Uh, Perhaps. <laughs> okay, what's inside the blue box? The old people. And <laughs> I, just pure blue evil. It's a gift from Betty to Rita. And it's a vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> Is Got it, it like a vibrator shaped like, like lipstick this time? Yep. You know, not the lipstick. No, it's shaped like a vibrator, blue key. <laughs> Okay, so here's the thing. I I think Michael should get this because technically we do see the little people crawling out from the blue box. <laughs> but honestly, my answer is who the fuck knows? It could be consciousness. It could be a portal to another dimension. <laughs> it might be second chances. But I also have written tiny old people. Okay. So, yeah. So it's not pure evil. Question mark? Perhaps. Okay. All right. But I'll take it. I'll take the point. So three to two and a half, Dave. I am hot on your heels and there's only a couple questions left. Yeah. And I, <laughs> okay. I made some funnies in the last one. So now I need to actually try. <laughs> okay. What's the deal with or who is the cowboy walking around Adam and Camilla's dinner party? I'm glad that I wasn't making that cowboy up the first time that I want. So following my movie idea, the dinner party being a movie. Maybe all the people in the dinner scene are like hyperbolized versions of people that Betty and Rita see, like kind of like the Wizard of Oz, like where you like the aunts and uncles are the different like the Tin Man and stuff. So that cowboy was just some dude with stubble driving a Bronco at the gas station that Betty saw. Hmm. That's the hitman. Okay. All right. Well, no. So. He's some kind of Hollywood god, or he works for the man who runs Hollywood. So he met with Adam earlier on to let him know, in somewhat cryptic Lynchian fashion, that he'd better hire the actress, the girl, for the movie. Okay. Clear as mud. But why Yeah. Why is he a cowboy? He just wears a cowboy hat. I don't know. All right. <laughs> it's Lynch. Why can't someone just be a cowboy? Okay. Yep. All right. I'm, yep. I'm worried here. I might not win. Oh, boy. I like where you were going with the Wizard of Oz thing, though. Like, I don't know if you know that David Lynch loves the Wizard of Oz. I didn't. So, yeah. So, I I think I see stuff from that movie in a lot of his work. But hmm. you're on to something with thinking that Is way. there no possible way that, like, the dinner scene and all of the Camilla, Diane stuff is a movie? Is that not possible? It, my personal interpretation, I don't think so. But I wouldn't say that it's not possible. Okay. I'll take that. It's up to your own interpretation, but I I didn't get that okay. either. So. All right. Hmm. Okay, so this is our final question. Who is the dreamer? Diane. I think that it's David Lynch. No. Ooh. We, the viewers, are the dreamer. No, actually, I think it's a random character, like the cowboy or something. Actually, have either have any of you seen or watched Black Mirror? Yeah. Yeah. The crocodile episode with where they pull the memory out of the guinea pig. I think it's something like that. It's just some ridiculous mm. like animal or like there's a fucking bicycle on the side of the road. That's the dreamer. And then we just see all this ridiculous shit. David Lynch is trolling us. Well, I think that's true. But also, David, I think you are closer here because it's I Betty. do think that. Yeah. Well, I do think Diane 
is kind of dreaming, but that's also open to interpretation. But honestly, after having watched, because so this morning I watched the first and last 15 just to like put myself really in your point of view for tonight. And I think it's the guy, I think it's the guy (laughs) at Winkies. Well, I don't want to be here for too long, you know, but um, (laughs) it's, uh, I really think it's the guy at Winkies. Like I think once we see it shift to where he sees his friend over at the cash register and he says that was part of his dream. So now that's what I think about this movie. But But then later, Diane sees him at the catch register. Yes. Yes. Very true. Whoa. But I still won. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Three and a half to two and a half. I, you even win. if I didn't get that half point. I but that won. but that was like you but do you really feel good about yourself? You got three and a half questions right out of like twenty questions. I feel better than you do. <laughs> so These were hard. These were hard. You did your best. So okay. I just did a better best than Michael's. <laughs> <laughs> it's open to interpretation. Yeah, open to interpretation. I think David Lynch would like my answers better than your answers. So there's that. Here's a question. It seems like a lot of this movie is up for interpretation. I don't think there is or are solid answers. I think that's probably what makes it so well received, like critically. So do we ever find out for a hard fact that Betty is like a figment of Diane's imagination? Is that what we're led to believe? And like Rita's is Rita a figment of Diane's imagination or dream? Or is she the dream of Rita, I'm confusing names now, but does any of does any of those <laughs> yeah. words that I strung together make sense? <laughs> sort of, yeah. I like I don't know, Mel's. I don't know what you've seen, and obviously, like this has been in your consciousness for longer than mine. But a, like <laughs> one of the prevailing theories that I've seen is that most of the film is in Diane's dream or her mind, or it's something that she sees, like it's her life flashing before her eyes. You know, when she's committing suicide. So. I think everything that we see is, I mean, I don't know. Again, I just said that Dan is the dreamer. So, you know, but yeah, I I think it's like kind of a construct of Diane's mind. What about you, Mel's? So I have a really crazy theory on what it is. And I believe that the beginning of the film up until the phone call and everything. So I think that it's an alternate reality. And I believe that the blue key goes to the blue box and inside that blue box is an alternate dimension where these same characters exist in different roles because even down to the idyllic look of Los Angeles, like Los Angeles, um, not to be offensive, but it's pretty crappy. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's smog everywhere. It's not nice like it's dirty on the streets <laughs> me too when <laughs> i've seen it dirty in the streets too no i'm just <laughs> kidding but everything's clean there's no traffic so i i personally think that when the box and the key meet up that that's the end of the dream but i just think that it's the opening of another dimension Love which that. is crazy pants yeah it's but, crazy pants. But, but that could be with with everything i've seen from twin peaks that that's not that far-fetched yeah. to me so there's a, there's like weird scenes with blue light and red light, and I don't know what to make of that. And then there's the Silencio character at the end has the blue hair. When when Camilla or Rita, whoever it was, the dark haired brunette at the beginning of the movie, when she is walking down, there's a cop car driving by, and the blue and red lights flash on the mm-hmm. sign. Like there's a lot of blue and red in in the movie. There's the red curtain. The, so I I mean obviously it means something, 
I just don't know if that's Lynch just just being uh, an artist and does just it like though. I so I get that the, the you so in in your mind you've made this construct of David Lynch where every every piece of every piece of art he makes means something. But what if it doesn't? What if just like blue and red are things that exist in the world and they're going to be in here? Because I just don't think that's his MO. Like, I think that it might not even make sense or be or be a true thing. But I think in his mind, those colors are making him feel certain emotions or he's tying them with certain feelings or emotions. So mm-hmm. that's why he's put. I mean, the, even the pillow at the beginning of the fucking movie is red. Like, it's just yeah. there's a, th- those two colors are prominent. And I don't think it's a I don't think it's a mistake. Hmm. And the color red kind of runs throughout his work, I think, too. Yeah, I find it interesting because, in my opinion, I feel like we see more red in the beginning mm-hmm. and we see more blue towards the end. And we know there's a transition around there mm-hmm. between dream worlds or alternate yeah. realities. So that could also be a part yeah. of that as well. Right. You know, one color signifies one reality or world and the other color is the other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It'd be interesting to watch it again and just track the color. Mm-hmm. See yeah. what happens. Mm-hmm. Totally. You mentioned earlier, like the old people chasing Diane and having a theory that it's like about getting older in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're too far off with that either. I do think that this is a story about moving to Hollywood and, and having this love affair with becoming an actress and it doesn't go well. It's not all mm-hmm. that it seems like on television. Mm-hmm. So I think there's stuff wrapped up in there with all that. Or I that is Diane's aunt and uncle. And when she says when her aunt died and left her money, it was actually that she killed them. And this whole thing is because she's crazy and has been dealing with the fact that she murdered her aunt and uncle to get that inheritance so that she could try and go become an actress. You might not be too far off with that. <laughs> Did she also figure out how to shrink them down? Is this yeah. like also a no, I just somehow? think that's her having like just the, the psychotic breaks yeah. of like yeah. them, like her imagining them coming to get her because she she murdered them honey i shrunk my relatives mm-hmm. it's the <laughs> the fourth sequel <laughs> no i i think that that is my favorite part of david lynch is that so much is open ended and you can bring your own thoughts and feelings into it i'm excited to watch the full movie even though i know some of what happens cuz i know that there's still going to be pieces that i can't fucking make yeah. sense of yeah. yeah that excites me yeah I look forward to hearing what you think, really. Yeah. Dave, do you think you'll watch it? Hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, I'll, I'll probably go back and watch it, mainly because I spent three ninety nine to rent it on YouTube, so I need to uh, get my money's worth. Yeah, for yeah. sure. The first version we watched uh, leading up to today was a bootleg version on YouTube that had dubs in Spanish, so it kind of brought a whole <laughs> different twist to it all. Yeah, it actually uh, almost made it hard to focus on the movie, because those were there, even though I could couldn't read them. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> when I first started the movie and the, and the Spanish captions were at the bottom, I, I didn't know that they weren't supposed to be there because that yeah. that's a thing that Lynch could have yeah. could have done. <laughs> so <laughs> very true. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I I really appreciate both of you being here and Dave. Thanks for showing up, Dave. And um, no, I really do appreciate it. You really need to go check out Damn Fine TV podcast everywhere you would find podcasts. It sure is. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, no, thanks for, yeah. thanks for coming and yeah. putting up with our not figuring out technology because we're yeah. dumb. And saying vibrator multiple times. <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. 
You heard it here first, folks. This wait a second. This is <laughs> this is a great opportunity for me to talk about how incredible the show Dark is. It's a recent show that I watched and loved. It's fucking great. And Mel's and Jasmine covered some of Dark and they did an Instagram live as well. So if you're not following them on Instagram, do that. Also subscribe to their show. Go listen to their coverage there. And if nothing else, listen to their coverage on Twin Peaks, The Return, because that was great, uh, as well as their ongoing coverage of all their other shows that they're that they're watching. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to cry. <laughs> so sweet. Don't wait till we're wait till yeah, we stop recording. Don't cry, cry. while we're here. Okay. <laughs> 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 Thank you both. Well, that was wild. Yes, it was. Glad we did it. And yeah. glad that damn fine TV stopped by. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Moving on to next episode, though. Well, actually, now that I think about it, before our next proper episode, we have something in between, don't we, Dave? Yeah, we have something fun coming your way that we are going to release a little announcement for next Wednesday. So make sure you subscribe because that is coming to your feed and we'll have some fun and exciting stuff. September 30th, just wherever you normally get this podcast, if you're subscribed, it will auto download and you can you'll hear the news before every other fucking schmuck on this world. So you better be subscribed to the show. This if you if you aren't yet, this is the perfect time to do so. Yeah, because the earlier you know this news, the better. So make sure you're on top of it. We're pretty excited. Thank you for doing so. After that, the next proper episode is what, Dave? The next proper episode, we're going to do Utopia, new Amazon Prime show that actually comes out in a few days here on September 25th. So that would be this Friday. That show is going to be coming out. And then our episode will be October 7th. Now, Utopia is it's actually a remake of a British show from 2013. And if I know anything about remakes of British shows, The Office, it's going to be great. And speaking of The Office, it actually one of the stars is Rain Wilson. So good old Dwight. And it's actually adapted by Gillian Flynn, like Gone Girl. So it's going to be wild. Uh, we're going to be doing that. That's interesting that he's getting pigeonholed into roles in shows that are only adapted from British shows. That's a yeah. very weird thing that's built into his contract, but I can't speak for Rain, you know? Yep. So that should be fun. In the meantime, if you're not following us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you should probably do that. We post some other fun things, you know, when we're not recording our episodes. And as always, if you have questions or feedback, send it to the centercutcast at gmail.com. And we would always love a review on iTunes if you if you're feeling frisky. It does help us get noticed in the iTunes ranks, which let's face it, most people listen on iTunes. Yeah, you have some Spotify and some weird stitcher freaks, but thank you for listening regardless of where you do it. And again, go check out Damn Fine TV. They were awesome. We had a great time. So definitely go check it out. Go hit them up. They're they're great. You want to listen to that. Yes, you do. Well, I don't have anything else, Dave. I don't either. So like the Camilla between Rita and the other Camilla, it's always better in the center. Mm-hmm.